Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. G A. L D E M G A L D E M. This song is good. Hello, and welcome to Galdem's first ever podcast. Inspired by our book, I Will Not Be Erased Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Color. My name's Liv, I'm Galdem's founder. And for those of you who don't know, Galdem is an award winning media company committed to platforming the voices, perspectives, and creative work of women and non binary people of color. Hello, I'm Charlie. I'm the head of editorial at Galdem and I'll be co-hosting our podcast with Liv. We're super excited to be starting our journey with you. Each week we'll invite a guest to respond to old diary entries, letters or text messages from their younger selves. The point is to nurture important discussions about growing up. You can find Growing Up with Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, Welcome to, to our podcast, podcast Growing, Growing Up with Galdem. So this week, we are really excited to be joined by Simran, who is a model journalist, works in many different forms. We've worked with Simran loads, you know, since since the beginning of Galdem. She's worked in various positions as political editor, contributor, and also, of course, as a friend. And she's worked with lots and lots of brands over the past few years. I feel like her kind of career has skyrocketed. She's worked with Nike, Refinery29, Burberry, just to name a few. Um, and she's also a lover of food. And I think that's one of the things that I most enjoy about following her. She's got an amazing account called Sim Snacking and also a newsletter, which you should definitely all check out. So Simran, we're really excited to have you here today. Hello, hello, hello. Hi. <laughs> Not at all. I've got a feeling that we'll chat about this a bit later on after you sort of read us your extract 
But I saw you posted, I think it was yesterday, about how this year has seen you redefining your relationship with the internet a little bit. And I was just wondering, just to kick us off, if you could tell us a bit about that journey and and what it's kind of uh, led to in your personal and professional life. Well, I think, well, I'm pretty sure, like, you guys even remember before, way, way back, before, like, you know, I had any sort of following on Instagram. And I was just kind of, like, posting my own thing, like, you know, cute selfies here and there and some culture here and there. And then, obviously, a picture of me with, like, a fake India tattoo on my face went viral. I think the thing that I've been thinking about has been, obviously, some people have social media strategy and, you know, some people are, like kind of say okay I'm going to leave my nine to five and I'm going to like you know become an influencer whatever and post every day and put all of this effort into content which honestly I really respect because it actually is a full-time job um but I obviously didn't do that and I didn't have that intention and just kind of I've been thinking a lot about the effect that you know going from like 2,000 followers to 100,000 followers in like probably the space of a year and the impact that had on me and the kind of subconscious pressures it put on me and even just, you know, when going to talk to people who like wanted to be management or agencies and stuff and, you know, them kind of saying, OK, you need to post every day and you need to do this. And then, you know, maybe eventually you should put out merch. And I was just like, you know, all of these things were not ever in- aligned with what I actually wanted. But for a while, I kind of went along with it because I thought it was what I should be doing. And I think this year has just kind of really take- made me take a step back and just be like, OK, just because I have like this platform doesn't mean that I have to you know kind of do the traditional things I'm still very much my platform grew and my community resonated with me because it was a lot of exploration and identity exploration and you know um, portraying that it wasn't ever anything else I think it's just kind of been a bit of a reaffirmation in myself that still discovering what I want to do is okay and I don't have to you know be a textbook influencer quote-unquote and of that and then I think also you know just kind of the negative stereotypes that come with being an influencer and that doesn't have to be a bad thing I remember that day I don't know if you remember but you sent me a message like I think the day that you went viral and you were like oh my god I have all of these people (laughs) following me now and it was like this I think it like literally happened overnight yeah and because I I remember I was, I think it was like a Chance the Rapper concert with Julia and I'm Daisy was there. <laughs> I remember this so clearly and I was, we were literally standing in line and I was just, and Daisy was like, what the fuck is going on? I was like, Daisy, I don't even know. <laughs> like, <laughs> One thing that like, I think is interesting that you touched upon there, which, you know, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a little bit later on, but um, Yomi wrote a piece recently for, for Vogue and it was about this idea of like, authenticity and like what does it mean to be authentic and this kind of like sense that you must share and bear all parts of yourself like your trauma uh, etc in order to be like relatable or or, or and authentic and ult- ultimately marketable so I think it's like interesting to hear you speak about the fact that you're actively deciding what works for you and not kind of like feeling as feeling the pressure I guess in a sense of of you kind of having to you know fit into someone else's kind of preconceived notions of what it means to be an influencer in this way it seems like a conversation that people are having this one that I've been thinking about because then brands come to you and they're like oh we really want to work with you because we think you're so authentic and it's like wait hold on are you now trying to like sell that back to me is it becomes a kind of weird exchange then where you're like hold on are you trying to 
profit off. I don't know. It's just such a weird one, honestly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. So, should we have you read out your extract just now? I think you have it in front of you already, and I know that this was from 2018. So, if you could give us just a little bit of context and then dive right in, that would be amazing. So, I think everything started to kick off with me, social media slash internet wise, in around 2017. And I remember that because I feel like 2017 was kind of the year where South Asian culture in the diaspora slash in London started to kind of start to flourish and find its own community and find its footing and just start being a bit more experimental with itself. Um, And then, yeah, I was going through my notes on my laptop because when you guys said find the next steps, I was like, oh, my God, I'm not reading out diary extracts. Notes on my laptop and then I just found like these and I think the way that I kind of sometimes operate is I just write little things in my notes and leave them and then I come back to them and it's like oh a little post-it note to myself I'll read it out so it says 2018 and also bear in mind there are lots of exclamation marks (laughs) you've got a shout when you read those bits out (laughs) (laughs) everything has changed exclamation mark I'm feeling very ungrounded in every area of my life this has been an unexpected year with lots of twists and turns roller coaster ride catapulted forward without being able to see it yet and then separate point feel like the year of the big reveal traveled more caps and exclamation mark grown so immeasurably conflict in finding my grounded path comes from here all the lessons I put into something measurable wondering how things would have been had I had a normal childhood but probably wouldn't have led to me to develop the things I have now observation strong sense of justice compassion transmute pain into love and understanding wouldn't have had to teach myself so many lessons as a young adult or feel like I lost a lot of innocence super early I enjoy and live my life but not with the same unrestrained freedoms I've seen in my peers (laughs) it's quite sad quite quickly yeah it does there's a lot in there to sort of unpack I think and it it kind of moves from me talking about you know feeling ungrounded to the excitement of traveling more and then sort of going back at the end there into you know reflections upon your childhood and and your sort of loss of innocence but how does it sort of feel to look back at that moment in your life do you do you recognize the person who wrote this note have you changed a lot since then do you feel like like I look back at this and I feel kind of excited for the person that I was then because I I vividly remember this kind of period in my life and I remember changing and traveling and being so excited to travel because I think up until I think it was a year post uni I had never really traveled before I remember I think it was 2018 I traveled about 13 times in one year kind of thing so I I remember this because it was a year of lots of new experiences my life had started changing I'd started making more friends going out way more traveling being able to have more financial freedom and stuff like that yeah I think this is also the beginning of a lot of the unpacking that I had started to do around the person that I am now and how my childhood had informed that and my childhood experiences and traumas and stuff this definitely I look back on it and I'm like this is actually the beginning of a lot I just didn't realize the extent (laughs) and it's, it's interesting that you say that you're kind of filled with excitement in a way because even though I'm sure the journey of unpacking was really hard the fact that you are at a point now where, where you can say that you're happy that your former self was about to take 
you know, take stock and about to go on that journey is really cool. I love that. I feel like that's a, a rare one. We don't hear that so often. I just wanted to hear a little bit more about the kind of the kind of journey that followed this, I guess, in terms of like unpacking childhood and, and things that have kind of obviously fundamentally shaped the person that you are. Like, what has that kind of process looked like for you? Well, I think first and foremost, a lot of it was to do with thinking about the ways that I identify myself and the main kind of points of being of my main points and pillars, sorry, of my identity. Like, I think at that moment in time, a lot of it was just about being South Asian and then being from London. Um, Whereas now, I think it's not just about being South Asian and from London. I think it's about being Punjabi, being from London, having roots in Malaysia, having a working class background, having the family structure that I did. So it was like a lot more of taking a look into a lot more nuance and components that make up the person that I am today. Um, And then I also think it was the beginning of looking at my childhood through less of a rose-tinted lens, for sure, and owning a lot of the shame and stigmas that I think I subconsciously had. Would you feel comfortable to talk about any of those sort of stigmas or... or, um... Yeah, I don't know if you guys feel the same, but I feel like kind of everything starts catching up with you the older you get and you kind of start to not have a choice but to kind of confront everything. Oh, and it's a painful process, isn't it? It's a painful process. You're like, there's this mirror. Yeah, I'm minding my business and the next thing I know, like looking at father and daughter on the train and it's like, I'm like having a spiral. (laughs) But again, it was kind of like that. So it was, it more kind of stemmed from that just being older and I started to deep things a bit more and realise so obviously one of them that I've kind of spoken about before has been my dad and my dad has been in and out of jail my whole life and how that impacted me because for a long long time like even all the way up through uni I kind of didn't really think it mattered to me because I still feel like I had a very secure childhood being raised by my grandmothers and then just thinking about how that shifted once my grandparents died when I was 14 and I think a lot of the the feelings of being ungrounded that I mentioned in my excerpt started from there just the way things have moved very quickly since I was 14 um you know my dad going back to jail going to uni feeling very uncomfortable and ungrounded there and not really feeling like I have a secure home and all of those kind of things. What kind of like tools, I guess, or mechanisms have you had in kind of helping you navigate that journey? Has like therapy or anything like that been a vehicle through which you've been able to explore, unpack, go deep? Or has it been like you kind of retreating inwards and, and doing that kind of in isolation? Girl, I'm a Pisces. So <laughs> in my head all the time. <laughs> um, no, it's been a lot, a lot of, yeah, inward introspection and also a lot of just trying to remember I feel like a lot of things I just don't remember or I don't have black not blacked out but I only remember certain things so a lot of it has been just trying to really think about my childhood and look back on it without kind of the interference of my family like it's not been something that I've really talked to my mom or my sister about but then at the same time, it's something that I've talked to my boyfriend a lot about because just being able to have kind of an outside opinion has been very helpful. 
Yeah, and I think for me, the thing that I found the most helpful outside of therapy has just been talking about it and not feeling any type of way about talking about it because I realised the second I started talking about it, I let go of a lot of the shame that I had surrounding my dad being in jail all my life and, you know, a very dysfunctional family and all of that kind of stuff. No, but I think it's important. I think it's important. It is because I think, like, you know, I think about when I was growing up and when my friends and stuff, like, I just, and I just didn't talk about my dad or if someone asked about my dad. For some reason, my go-to was he sells kitchens. Like, I thought that was, like, a dad job. I'd be like, yeah, so my dad, like, if someone asked, like, oh, what does your dad do? I'd just be like, oh, he sells kitchens. And that was it. I never had a conversation about him. The thing that makes it difficult is he was around for 10 years before he went back in jail. So it's a lot of, like thinking about the time when he wasn't here and then suddenly having to adapt to him being here because kind of, I don't know if it was just a cultural thing or it was just my family thing, but we didn't even talk about the fact that he was in jail or what it was like and how we all adapted once he came back because it was supposed to be, oh, my mom's so happy he's back. Let's just accept the fact that he's back and not talk about the way the whole home has shifted and the mm-hmm. past stuff has shifted and how like me and my sister now feel weirdly more restrained because we can't didn't have the same freedoms that we did beforehand and how he came when I was he came back when I was 12 or 13 so I was just turning into a teenager and wanting to explore my identity and my freedom and all of that stuff that's really interesting no that's really interesting Sim and I feel like within I don't know you know black and brown families whatever I don't want to generalize but also in terms of there's, you know, this culture and this thing of, like, we don't really speak about it. It's been the same in my family when similar things have happened. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, they just went away to to Jamaica. No, they didn't, you know, or whatever it is for public perception. But but I'm interested then, like, kind of in what your family's response or reaction has been to you kind of, like, processing those things in quite, like, a public way. Has that been, like, fine and accepted or not really spoken about? Weirdly, it's still kind of not really being spoken about. Um, I've had extended members of my family be like, I really respect it and like more power to you kind of thing. Yeah, weirdly, it's still not really been spoken about. And I'm kind of at this weird point where I'm like, I don't want to be the one to have to be doing on all this unpacking and then be going to you and talking about it. But the way I try to combat that is um, me and my younger brother are very close. So I just try to have open conversations with him instead and try like make him feel okay with processing his feelings and op- like opening up and all of that kind of stuff. So it's more just kind of me and him and me making sure that he feels okay, that he can talk about it because obviously I did it when I was growing up. That's one of the most joyful parts of your, you know, some of your social media presence, actually, is seeing your relationship with your little brother. I, I love it. <laughs> um, yeah. He's honestly the best. He's so, I just can't, I just feel like, you know, I don't want to speak too much for like what he's been through, but considering everything, he's come out the most generous, funny, smart, sweet little boy ever. Like, honestly, he's the best. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. 
Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juvederm.com. One question, just sort of slightly going back to your dad. I was wondering, have the conversations ever been had with him? Like, have you managed to sort of broach that at this point, or is that something that you hope to do in future? It's a difficult one because we don't really speak right now. Um, I just have decided. For me, my struggle with my relationship with my dad comes a lot with my life has changed so much since he went back into jail for a second time. And it's hard to have a relationship with someone through the phone. Like we don't really go see him because he's quite far away. How do I show tell someone how my life is changing when I can only really show them? They can only see it through, you know, tangible things. And that's been like a big thing that I've really struggled with. But Funnily enough, probably about maybe a year, a year and a half ago, I just kept getting these calls on my phone and I picked them up and it would be like just my dad and he'd, he'd call me and he'd be like, oh, how are you? Are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. But it would just like, I could tell that something was like kind of off, but he wasn't saying anything. I was kind of like, why are you calling me? And then this happened for about a week where he'd call me randomly and I'd pick up and he's like, what are you doing? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm out. I'm fine. Kind of thing. And then one day I was at home and he called again and I was, and then he just out of the blue just said, I'm really, I'm sorry for being like a bad dad. And it was really, it took me so by surprise that I 
didn't even know how to re- react or respond and I just started crying and I think I think at the end I think I just ended up saying something like you know it's fine I've made my own way in life I'm like secure I'm not a bad person like I'm I'm fine don't worry about it kind of thing and then afterwards I was thinking damn how did it turn into him apologizing and me reassuring him but yeah and then I think since then we haven't ever really spoken about it again but it is something that I do want to talk to him about but at the same time I'm kind of like I don't know if he has that depth of communication he's able to communicate like that because I think that's a big problem with like some of the older generations Mm -hmm. and they don't believe in therapy and it's a myth even though they're in pain and they've got clearly got anxiety like my dad but apparently therapy is not something that you actually need to do so yeah it's hard it's really hard same with my mom I'm like trying to like everyone in my family's told her she needs to go to therapy and she's just like no my life is fine I'm like it's so not (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's one of those things I have a friend who did successfully do therapy with a parent um and it took time you know they went to a lot of sessions and even then there was barriers so I, I think yeah it's um it's worthwhile if you can persuade them but obviously again talking about burdens like you know that's another burden that doesn't necessarily have to fall upon upon you as a child. Yeah, and also you have to think about if you even have the emotional capacity and strength to be able to go through that, because that's a lot, a lot, a lot, if it doesn't go the way that you want it to go. And I've had like I've had numerous conversations with my dad which haven't gone the way that I've wanted them to go, and it's just ended up being so hurtful. And, you know, then I think, oh, is this deprecating our relationship more? Should I just kind of sit here and take what I'm being given instead of... I know, it's such a weird one to try and balance. It's really, really, really difficult. Yeah, for sure. Um, Going back to sort of the, the beginning of our conversation around your use of the internet and social media, I'm really interested to hear if you do have any plans sort of moving forward as to how you're going to kind of approach it or things that you want to do or spaces that you want to explore yeah I think some of it I've already started to implement like I don't do my stories in lifetime and stuff like that I don't schedule posting if I want to post I'll post and um have you read Naomi Shimada's book Mixed Feelings yeah I read that and it actually I wasn't expecting it to resonate with me as much as it Mm. did it really really a lot of the points that she talked about I felt were quite original and not kind of the typical social media so after reading that, I definitely think my relationship with social media shifted. I don't, I've really tried to reduce my screen time. Even things like emails, I think, you know, emails lead to you just going on social media out of habit. So I try to set scheduled times like 10 to be 10 or 11 and then three or four to reply to emails. Just trying to minimize time on my phone in general, because I just, the second I pick up my phone, instinct is to go to Insta or something. Or Twitter, yeah. And then I over lockdown I deleted Twitter for about six months maybe I just deleted it and I'm happy that I deleted it (laughs) (laughs) when you just actually think about it it's like Twitter is just a place full of people's opinions nothing is ever fact and if I'm waking up first thing in the morning and going on Twitter all I'm doing is ingesting people's opinions before I've even started the day I guess in terms of like also just like life for you, Simran, like offline, because, you know, you're you're writing as well. Like what are some of the things that are kind of nourishing you, bringing you joy and that you really want to pursue moving forward? Aside from the like, I'm not going to be online all the time. You know, what are some things that you're excited about? (laughs) Food, yay! (laughs) 
Food honestly brings me so much joy and cooking. And I think right now I'm honestly feeling so nourished and excited about food and just discovering stories around food because I think we have really, well, okay, maybe not right now on like coronavirus, but definitely last year, we really kind of, I feel food has been minimized to this thing where it's like 15 minute meals, 30 minute meals, keto, vegan, paleo, clean eating, da 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 which, you know, is totally fine, but I don't think that, like, that completely captures the essence of food. Food doesn't exist in a vacuum. You think about, like, food in the middle, there are so many things that come off it, like community, culture, religion, diet, lifestyle. And I just think thinking about those intersections and the way that one dish can really tell stories for an entire community and how one dish represents so much, but everyone sitting under the umbrella will have their own different story within it, too, which kind of feeds back in I think is so 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 special and exciting and so that's been something that I've been enjoying learning about and reading about and observing and just figuring out my own opinion on. Gorgeous have you are there any sort of um, food stories that you could tell us about that you've read about recently or even a dish that you're like really enjoying cooking at the moment? Well because I have like such a difficult relationship with like my family and everything that's been going on I've been finding food really healing in the sense that I I grew up kind of with my grandmothers and that both of them had restaurants both of them were like really avid cooks and growing up literally peeling garlic for them kind of thing and so I found it really like nice to just be able to go back and I never was old enough for them to be able to teach me recipes. So to go go back and like find my own way of making things that I really remember them cooking, like egg curry or fried snacks and stuff like that. And kind of just learning more about Punjabi food and where it comes from and the stories behind it. That has been really, really nice for me. Amazing, amazing. I remember the first time I had egg curry. Delicious. So good. <laughs> you hear it and you're like what the hell like this would not slap and then you eat it and you're like it slaps different (laughs) (laughs) well this has been such a wonderful conversation sim in terms of like looking back at that 18 year old uh you who, who wrote that piece and you said you were like feeling kind of looking back at it you feel really excited for her is there any like advice or like words of wisdom or any knowledge that you'd want to impart on her Get the therapy ASAP. (laughs) (laughs) I think I would say that, honestly, there is so much ahead of you that you're really going to find so much joy and healing and excitement from, but it's honestly not going to be easy. Life is going to be a lot better and a lot more stable, but you still have a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do. But don't be intimidated or scared by that work. It's just going to help you like create a deeper understanding of yourself, I'd say. Because I think at this time, I also was still kind of figuring out who I was, as most of us are in our 20s. And so looking at the person I was then, I definitely feel like, you know, there's a lot more feeling grounded in myself whereas like a lot of the other ungrounding is the same some of it like in myself I feel a lot more secure so have you have that to look forward to love that 
And also finding love and all of these wonderful things. (laughs) (laughs) I've been loving like seeing you and and your like boy um, on on Instagram, not in a creepy way, just in a, I think it's really cute kind of way. Thank you. I'm just so, you know, what do you guys think about people who are like, I'm only going to post my my husband's foot after on a wedding day kind of thing. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> when it's properly secure. Have you not seen that on Twitter where people are like, I'll never post my husband, I'll never post my boyfriend, I'll only post a picture of him like after our wedding day and it'll be like his foot or something. <laughs> no, I haven't. Not at all. I just see some like really intense conversations on Twitter that sometimes even, again, this is why I need to get off Twitter, that make me like second guess even sharing my relationship. <laughs> but then I just feel like I don't know part of me is like I don't have to curate anything and if it honestly brings me so much joy then do it should, yeah yeah no, why not I, I mean it's such a weird one sometimes I do get like a bit weirded out like that there are people that like like hate follow do you know what I mean and yeah. there's like some weird bad vibes going on behind the screen and I'm like oh do you share all the joy and then what if the joy goes but um but generally like now nah, I just think whatever I, yeah, I just feel like you've been on such a journey and it's been incredible to watch. And um, what do you think that like a younger Simran would think about like where you are and the experiences that you get to have, right? Because you get to do some pretty incredible things and work on some amazing projects and travel the world, you know? What do you think she would think? I think she wouldn't believe it. I think there's still, even now, a bit of imposter syndrome where she's like, I think she would be like, could I really do all of that? And could I really, like, would people actually want to work with me? And would I think there would be a lot of self-doubt and a lot of self-belief. I'd like to think that she would be very, very excited because as, for as long as I can remember since I was young, I never really knew what I wanted to 100% do, but I always had this thing in my head where I was like, I want to work on lots of different projects at one time. That was the only thing that I ever knew. And I was like, that's the only thing that will make me happy. I don't know what sector it would be in but I just want to work on lots of different projects at one time and I think I can say that I am doing that now so I feel like hopefully if I can say you know we fulfilled the one thing you knew you wanted to do so it's like all better from there just know that you're gonna to have to invest in a good suitcase and you'll be fine <laughs> which is yeah amazing 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 and then I guess like just is there anything that you particularly want to shout out or that you're working on or that you want our lovely listeners to know is coming or yeah, so I'm like relaunching my newsletter. It, it's going to be called the Kana, which means to eat in Punjabi, and it's going to be a lot about food and still um, musings about life and stuff like that. So if you guys want to follow it, you can go to either find me on Instagram, and the link will be in my bio, or you can go to simramandawa.com. Lovely. I love that you have a proper website. That's impressive. I fail to upkeep anything like that so well done you. <laughs> if you go on it it says website in development <laughs> <laughs> soon come yeah cool well i'm definitely gonna um sign up to your newsletter it's my it's my new thing yeah so yeah thank you so much for joining us it was an absolute joy it was wonderful to hear about your experiences growing up and i'm sure we will be in touch soon <laughs> thank you guys so much for having me sorry it got so deep <laughs> No, we love deep. We we like really like to just sit in our feelings. Yeah. You know? <laughs> like I said, I'm a Pisces. I know all about that. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Cool. 
I really loved how open Simone was just then, sort of just talking to us about her life and her experiences with her dad and her family. Um, and that's kind of become something that she uses as a tool to process what she's been through, is, is that openness. So yeah, I thought that was a, a really great chat. And um, she's always, Simone's always been lovely and supportive and it, it was so nice to catch up with her, I thought. Yeah, no, I think it was, I think it was a really kind of important conversation. I think it's great that she's kind of able to be so open now with her experiences. And I think that in itself then kind of like forces those conversations to happen with the, with the people around you. Because yeah, I think there's a huge stigma around speaking about these things in certain communities. It's like, it's a, it's a, you know, this happens behind closed doors, but it's, you know, the reality for so many people. So yeah, thank you, Simran. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you, Iwan. It's been lovely. It's been great. It's been emotional as per. If you have enjoyed <laughs> listening to um, Growing Up with Galdem, then please do like, subscribe, tell your mate, tell your friend, tell your mum. The show is for everyone. We're all still growing. And um, if you want to check out more of our content, please just head to the website where you can also become a member for which we will love you forever because it will enable us to keep telling the stories and doing the amazing work that we are. And just thank you. Thank you again for listening. We're super excited to have you with us week on week on week. We hope that you enjoy next week's episode as much as this. Bye. This has been an II Studios production. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and that you'll tune into the next one. You can find Growing Up With Galdem on Apple Podcasts, the Acast app, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Please leave us a review, rate us and subscribe. It really helps the show. And if you'd like to find out more about Galdem, you can head over to our Instagram page at Galdemzine. That's G-A-L-D-E-M-Z-I-N-E. Or you can visit our website, which is G-A-L hyphen, which is important, D-E-M dot com. Galdem has a book which is out now. It's called I Will Not Be Erased, Our Stories About Growing Up as People of Colour. You can find it in all good bookstores. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. 
There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.